Hey guys, welcome to the Gary My Podcast. I hope you stay for the conversation, but leave feeling loved, inspired, and ready to make a difference. Let's do it. All right, welcome back to the Gary My Podcast. I just want to, first of all, say thank you very much to people who have reached out. I have had received a few text messages and emails and inboxes uh, just saying, hey, this is my story. I, I'm, I'm so glad that you're speaking about yours so that I can share mine. And um, I feel super humbled for you allowing me to share that story with you and then for you to feel safe that you can share yours with my, with me. Um, thank you. I'm humbled and uh, I just... I didn't know if I was going to get support because I'm putting my heart out there, right? And I just didn't know if this could be received. And I am just grateful that at least one person out there is saying, hey, amazing. I know this a little bit more than just one person, but I just, that was all it was for is just for that one person to say, this is making a difference. Uh, this journey and my story is, is a healing process for myself as well as like I, my heart is that somebody out there is like, oh, I could use that. I could really... Like I'm going to take that and I'm going to put that in my life and I'm going to see if that works. And that's kind of where I wanted to go with this and have great conversation with some amazing people I've already had. And I've got a couple coming up again, but today specifically, I'd like to just say happy birthday to my brother. He's number 38 times around the sun. Um, I'm going to share a little story about him. Him and I haven't spoken in, um, I don't know, since 2020, like I've gone back to South Africa on holiday twice since I've left, two or three times, yeah. But every time I go, I see him for a couple hours at a time. Him and I, we are two different people. Colin has got some things going on, so I'm going to share a little bit about him and kind of what our journey was together. Him and I, we we grew up as kids, like I said. We had I was babysitting him when he was a toddler and we'd always been together and we, that was it. My sister was doing her own stuff. And by the time we even were a little older, she had already moved to different part of Canada. Um, Colin is a natural talent in sports. Like I, I play sports and I felt like I was good at it, but I had to work really hard at it. Colin could get on the ice give him a stick and give him a puck and he would get it in the back of a net. Like he just, there was no, no reason. He was just really natural at at playing sports. Him playing ice hockey or playing soccer was just his, his niche. He knew exactly what he was doing. Um, one day when we were a little bit younger, he would have been probably, Oh, I'd like to say maybe 10, maybe 11 at the most, but him and his friends, they went for a bike ride and they went up to the university here in Calgary and on the grounds of the university, they have these beautiful big trees and like super leafy. And in the summertime, it's just, it's a really beautiful place to go and visit. Uh, I think that at that point they had got rid of their bikes and now they're going to start climbing trees and I don't know how this all went around, but him and his friend, they were up pretty high and he tried to jump from one tree to another or from one branch to another and the branch gave way. He hit the ground and it was literally inches away from like the root sticking on the ground. So when he hit the ground, he's, he developed internal bleeding and bruising and it was really serious. He got rushed to the children's hospital and was in there for a pretty long time and in his healing process, he was sharing his story about the tree and the fallout of it. And at that point, he, the way he described the story was, is that he 
fell out of the tree. And as he fell, he kind of turned around like outside of his body. He said he came out of his body and he turned around and he looked at his body and he said like he could see the falling. It was like slowed down and it was just like, you know, and then as he hit the ground, he tried to get back in like his spirit tried to like align with his like earthly body. Sorry, I just hit the mic there. So anyways, he hit the ground and with the trauma, he said that he didn't actually reconnect like his body didn't align and i just want to kind of point that out which is quite important is that i talk about trauma and abuse in my life and and also some incidences where i've fallen out of a flying fox and so trauma isn't always something that has to be sexual trauma um or abuse his one was falling out of a tree which is a real trauma so anyways we you know he goes through the healing process and you could already at that point see that things were trying to come out and he just wasn't comfortable and just, you know, he was just squirmy and it just wasn't, yeah, he wasn't the same. He just wasn't connecting. So we moved to South Africa and he didn't really want to go in the first place. It was not his, like he was against it. 12 years old, can't really say much. He has to get on the plane, right? So anyways, we get to South Africa and as I kind of pushed through the story a little bit, when we get a little older, He's now in, enrolled into a Christian school and he'd been having trouble with school for a while. So he's now in a private school. Parents are throwing money at him to make sure that he graduates. And he just, you know, he was punching walls, getting into fights, just aggressive. Uh, he would not listen. His attention span was low. He just, you know, that was it. He would get fixated on music and play the same song on repeat. And those were the sort of small little hints that we we just didn't pick up on. We just thought he's an adolescent. He's just, you know, rebelling and doing certain things like that. So by the time he was about, oh, 17, he now already met a group of guys that were, they weren't really good influence on him, on him at all. He had like a street bike and he was out partying and he was like seeing where I was and he'd show up at my house and like be partying with us and I mean, we were young. I was like in my early 20s and he was 17, right? And I was like, well, whatever. Here, have a beer, drink. And that's how we did. Like he was my brother and we were best friends. And we were super tight. And I just, I started to see things like slip. Like it was almost like he had um, like a clutch issue. Like he wasn't able to grab a gear. And like, it was weird because he would just say things and he would say it again. And then it would be like, but I know you just said that, but he wouldn't know that he said that. And then you start to see just different little ticks. And it was just, you know, I just thought maybe it was because he was drinking and partying and I knew that he was doing drugs. So at that time, my parents had then, my mom got a job out in Johannesburg. So they left Cape Town, moved to Johannesburg and Colin went with. One day I get a call from my mom and she's just, you know, upset. And which is because we and her were pretty tight in the end there. And she's like, you know, your brother is worrying me. Um, You know, I'm downtown and, and he's, driving around with his bike and he's in areas like he shouldn't be and it's super dangerous and he's they're gonna like they're gonna kill him and, and she's stressed out like legit and it's it's valid and she's like and then we're driving and then we get to a, a certain like toll road or whatever and he jumps out of the car and it's just it's this whole bunch of craziness and she's like I don't quite get it and she's like I think he needs to come to Calgary and he needs just to get a job I mean sorry to, to Cape Town because I was in Cape Town at that time when she called I didn't go with to Johannesburg and I was actually taking care of their house. So I was living in, in the family house and she's like, we're going to send him back home and he could just kind of get a waiter's job. And, and that's what's happening now. Right. So he shows up, my mom and him, and they show up and I could just tell right off the bat, I could just tell right off the bat that there's something wrong. He's, he's just, I don't, 
it was hard to explain it. It's just like, it's almost like he's got like, he's like possessed. And like, so we would go to church and then he would like scream in church. I mean, like you got the devil in you. And he would just create this big scene. And like, it was, it was so, so challenging. And it just got worse and it escalated and it, it it was like a a steep escalation and he would like see things in the yard and he would like think that there was like this white big uh, dog chasing him. Um, he would talk and laugh and like have conversations in the other room and you'd walk in there and be like, Colin, what's going on? And he's like, what? Nothing, nothing's going on here. And then he's super aggressive and like, you know that he's just in pain and at that time, the first time we we take him, my parents do, and they put him into a rehab center in Cal in, in Cape Town in one of the nicer areas. And yeah, just it, it started to feel like it was getting better. And like so, he was in there, and so there we saw a little progress. And there was you know resources, and he was talking to the right people. And then he would be in there for a little while, and my parents would throw a bunch of money at it, and then he would get out, and there just wasn't any aftercare. We didn't know how to deal with him after we'd like he went into like a drug rehab center initially and so they were dealing with that so he was being cleaned up and it wasn't like he was addicted to any specific drug now that i know the whole story is that he was just chasing silence so it was like it would be alcohol if it was there it would be anything any kind of drug that would like mute those noises or those feelings inside where he couldn't control he would numb out with with some sort of substance so him coming out and then he would just go right back into the same old way. Like he'd come home and there would be no literature, no coaching, no aftercare, no like sort of, you know, my parents didn't know how to deal with him afterwards. Like we, we basically went right back to the, what we were doing before. Like here, Colin, do you want a beer? I mean, now you're 18, 19 years old. Like, are you okay? Like, are you, are like, we had just no idea. Like we just, it, it really sucks. I wish we, we could have caught it a little earlier. Again, it was just not asking the right questions, not asking the right questions and not really taking the time to really understand what was going on. So um, at that point, then my brother stays on behind and my parents go back to Johannesburg and he's doing better, right? Like it's, it seems to be like, or not even better, just not worse. And within like two weeks, like he's been, you know, he'll try to get a job and he just wouldn't get through it. And then he'd be there for a couple hours and then like people would be like, you know, you got to go. You're not, you're not doing anything. Yeah. It just, uh, it started to get bad and he would be up all night partying and, and I would get up and I could like at three or four o'clock in the morning and I got to go to work and I'm trying to kick people out of the house cause he's got a big party going. And at that point I know that he's, definitely not just drinking and he's on something. And so I'm like having conversations with him and this happened often. Look, I was doing my own partying. Like I, you know that, and that had nothing to do was, it was very separate at that point. I realized that I couldn't be an influence for him and I was never going to, but he already had that bad influence without me from, you know, just all of a sudden, like I said, he would just like, it would be every day. He would have conversations and be laughing and he would be having his own jokes internal monologue was going on. And it was hard to watch and super painful. And like you would talk to him and it's just, he wasn't there and you couldn't. And it was like being on a badass trip myself. Like I, I, I like look at him and I'm like, what, what is, what the actual is going on here? Like I, 
I was starting to feel like I was losing it because I just, I was surrounded by it all the time and I was exhausted and I was trying to like get myself out of a hole and like trying to be a good example for him. And then, oh, it was, it was so draining. And then when it finally got to the crux of it and Colin had already been into another rehab and now he was being sent to one that was kind of was called healing wings. And this was up in Mozambique and I remember sitting on the side of my bed. My parents were there and like he was going to the airport. And they're like, you coming? I'm like, no. And I like just broke down. My mom just looked at me and my dad and they were like just as broken. And I was just like, I don't know if I can do this. I'm like, he is going to rehab, but I feel like I need to go to rehab. I need some sort of healing. I need, I need help. I need a lot of help. I've been already dealing with my own stuff and like now this. And like I'm just like, like mind is blown and nobody is helping me, but I was just, I got a little angry. I'm not going to lie. I maybe a little jealous because he was getting all the attention and people were looking at his illness because it was on the surface. And I just, I needed to realize for myself too, that at that point I, I am an adult. I'm a young adult. I need to be responsible for my own growth. And by the time Colin got out um, that time and Again, there was no aftercare, no resources. And there really wasn't a whole lot of change. It was like the first day at the airport, it seemed really positive and everyone's happy to see each other. And again, we just went right back into the same thing. And Colin was stuck being 17. Like it just, he didn't grow any further than that. He was still doing things like he couldn't remember to turn off the stove and he would have boiling water and it would boil to evaporation and then burn the pot. And then it was just all those little things and I ended up having to take care of him and I just said, I'm like, you know what? I can't anymore. I'm moving out. And I did. And I kind of had a funeral and I knew that the Colin that I knew before wasn't going to be the same. At that point, Colin was already frequently living on the streets or sleeping on a bench, um, chasing drugs, being in Shabins and, and everything else. And I knew I mean, in, in South Africa, that that type of lifestyle is pretty dangerous and there's so much resources to drugs and alcohol. And it's really hard to be on the other side of someone who's got an illness like that. And I know that there are of you out there that have been in this situation where your parents are there or you've got a sibling or you've got a friend. It's, it's all, it's consuming. It's, it takes everything out of you. And there has to be a point where you can only do so much. And without having that person being admitted into a professional care facility where, you know, there's people who are equipped and have the tools and have medication and can have proper monitoring of this person for you. Uh, you have to walk away from it. You can't, there, there's nothing more that you can do at that point. You end up enabling, you end up creating them to feel safe to do drugs and alcohol. And there's no consequences. Like you can't do something and go and steal from people and, and, and ransack the house and, and take from them. And it just, you know, at some point you got to let go for your own sanity, like number one. Right. So yeah, I did that. And I felt so guilty for the longest time, but I had a moment where I was like, you know, Gary, you've done everything you can. You've been the brother. You're not the parent. This isn't really your responsibility. Um, in my situation, unfortunately, the damage is done and there's brain damage and there's just really not a whole lot that I know of that's really going to change it. I mean, I, every day I still pray and think that maybe Colin will, like the light will just switch on and it'll be like an aha moment for him. But um, at this point right now, it's a matter of me just saying, I need to move away. It's kind of why I left South Africa. Um, there were a couple things and that was one of them. And 
I needed to rebuild and restart my life. And the only way that I could get out of that was to change my position. Like I was, I felt stuck. So at that point I was like, the only way that I can get away from being stuck is move. And that's the way that I felt that I came out of that. I prayed really hard on it and I'm okay. I feel good that that Colin is, you know, with my dad right now. And I, I ask about him periodically, but to be honest with you, I did have a funeral for him and with Colin having the brain damage he does, he is no longer the brother that I know. And like, I'll never get a phone call from him on my birthday or on my wedding day with my, with my husband. He, yeah, I don't even know if he even supports gay marriage. Probably not, but that's okay. And I know God loves him. God loves me. And you know, crazy how sometimes life works out. Hey, like, Oh, if I could turn it around and change it, I'd love to. Uh, but again, this is my story. This is something that I have to share. And I know that there's probably someone out there right now that's going through the middle of this. And only thing that I can say to you in this point is go and get professional help. That is number one. Number one, stop giving the money. Stop allowing them a warm, safe place to sleep and then steal from you. Two. And then number three, call the police and and get them put into a serious facility like a hospital and say, hey, look, this this one person is a risk to themselves and a risk to other people. And at that point, that's all you can do. You know, you hope that at that point that they get introduced to psychology and hopefully some sort of uh, a way out. But just know that, you know, by them, by you keeping them and by you giving them money and you harboring them and giving them a soft, safe place to land isn't really helping them at all. You're actually in, in the opposite. You're actually killing them. So, um, not my professional, I'm not a doctor opinion, but it's in my experience. And, uh, so yeah, today Colin would be 38 years old and, you know, it'd be great to have (laughs) like some cake and I don't know, go for supper with the guy, but you know what? I am super grateful for the time that I had with him. And I know that at some point, you know, I know he thinks about me and I think about him. And I, I hope that at some of those memories of his, that he's like, oh, you know what, Gary's a good guy. At least he tried. Um, so yeah, just be confident out there that you can only do the best you can do. Everyone's going through it. So yeah, today is January 29th. By the time you get this, it will be a few more days later. Um, but yeah, this was just a shout out to my brother and um psychosis is real and it can happen through gateway drugs like marijuana um it can happen through a traumatic experience like Colin he fell out of a tree the earlier you catch it the better it is psychosis is is quite a um aggressive illness and you you know that someone has it it's it's not something that you're like oh it's not detectable it really is recently had somebody that I know that had psychosis and had done the right thing. So I'm going to reach out to that person and see if we can have a sit down and kind of just chat it out. And this person has come a long way. Uh, but yeah, without kind of getting too much into that and, you know, making sure that this person's okay to speak about it again. Awesome. Thank you for listening to me. Thank you for allowing me to have this platform to speak and, uh, again, I really am humbled and feel grateful for the, the people who reach out and keep doing that. I love it. It, it makes me feel like I'm doing the right thing. So, uh, yeah, I guess that's it. Short one today. 
Have a great week. Yeah. Bye.